0: welcome inside a brand new episode of the all hoops podcast i'm steven inman and as always i'm joined by my co-host chris Brito. chris and i are going to discuss our quarter season award winners plus we'll talk about the utah jazz our legit title contender and can the wizard situation be salvaged before we get to all that chris my friend how are you
1: Hey, Stevie, what's going on? It's super cold here in New Jersey, but, you know, always looking forward to talking some hoops with you. You know, the Utah Jazz aren't on quite the streak. The situation in, in Washington is, is, is deteriorating as we speak. But before that, uh, I'm really curious to hear about your, who your award winners are now. Like, we're already past the quarter mark. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Knicks on our last show. But I think it's worth revisiting who has surprised you so far. I think we are—we both agree that LeBron James has been playing phenomenally, even at his age. He's on the best team in the NBA, the Lakers. They're playing great defensively and offensively. Uh, it seems to me that if the award race ended today, LeBron James would be the MVP, and I don't think anybody would bat an eye. Anyway, I think I think it's worth talking about the incredible play from LeBron. Uh, let's start with what are your thoughts? Is he the MVP for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, he is the MVP. It's such a hard award to decide who should get it because it's a narrative-focused award. And this is a uh, an award that last year, LeBron James put up better numbers than he's putting up right now. And yet people didn't want to vote for him because he won four already. And now all of a sudden this year, it's he's the favorite again what changed since then he won a title people want to reward him for the title he won last year and I think it's a very weird award for that reason because again he led the league in assists last year and all his numbers now are the same except his assists are back down to the seven and a half range that they always are so I think he deserves MVP he's the best player in the NBA but I'm curious why he couldn't get it last year and this year he can get it
1: and, and like what you said, it's it's typically a narrative-focused award. I also think the, the person that they end up picking is usually on the best team record-wise. And so LeBron has that right now. I think there's no question that if the race ended today, he'd be the guy. Um, I also think that the award tends to be... Uh, Govern a lot by expectations, right? We had high expectations for Giannis. We had high expectations for Luca. Our expectations for for LeBron maybe weren't as high. He just won an award. He just won a championship a few months ago, and now for him to be playing as well, I mean, remember he was even playing up his 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 uh his teammate Anthony Davis, you know? And, yeah. And so, I, you know, I I don't I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron wasn't more motivated. To try to get after this award after all this. You know, there's no argument left to not give him the award.
0: Yeah, Chris, I think that's a great point. The expectations, because obviously LeBron James, we think of him as the best player in the NBA, the best player in the world, obviously, but we did not expect him to be going full go to start the season. We were wondering if they were even going to play half the Lakers to start the season in December and January. Are they going to, you know, slowly ramp them up? But no, LeBron's full speed ahead and the Lakers are you know, second or third in the West right now behind the Jazz, but you are like 14 and five. So absolutely, LeBron, you know, he's on one of the top teams, as you said. I, I believe that, you know, you have to be a f- top three or four seed in your conference to be a legit MVP candidate. That's why I'm not sure if my guy, Luka Doncic, at this very moment is the MVP, because while the numbers are spectacular, the team has not been winning. And that's why I think LeBron has a great chance here. I think it's a four-horse race at this very moment between LeBron, Luka, Kevin Durant, and Embiid. And basically the way I think of it like that is they all have some warts to their MVP candidacy. LeBron has won four times. And again, that rest thing could come up. They can all of a sudden say, all right, we're, we're pretty much locked in as a top-four seed. We're not going to have you know fans in, in the crowd, so there's really no reason to go for number-one seed. Let's rest LeBron on back-to-backs. Let's arrest Anthony Davis on back-to-backs. Does that give you the MVP? You know, Luka Doncic, as we just said, doesn't have the the record right now. He's having a lot of trouble, you know, getting that supporting cast to really help him out defensively. They're a train wreck. Kevin Durant, as good as he's been, now he has two superstars on his team. As you said, that's the reason why LeBron wasn't getting, you know, MVPs every year when he was in the East because he had great teammates with him like Wade and Bosh, and then Joel Embiid he's a center. How much of an impact can that kind of have in terms of being the most valuable player in the league in 2021? I'm not sure. All of them deserve. I mean, anything. that was
1: even part of the argument against him last year with Anthony Davis, yes. and now he has Anthony Davis, and people are now putting him as one of the front runners for that race. Um, a lot to be said. You know, LeBron to me is such an incredible specimen in terms of um just his athletic continuation of being great right like he's he's much older now like most players like most players from his own draft aren't even playing in the in the nba anymore i mean look at carmelo carmelo's on his last legs as and carmelo was a fantastic player in the nba wade bosh wade right wade Bosch, um, you know, in in any case, LeBron should win it and case is closed. And I hope the Lakers maintain their play. And I I think even if the Lakers don't end up having the top record, just having LeBron James like pull the team's weight yet another year like that, I think is worthy enough of discussion.
0: I mean, think of this title resume for your Hall of Fame speech five time MVP and another championship coming this year. So five MVPs, five rings. That is special. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, let's get to six men. This one's not as easy for me because it doesn't seem like the guys who start the year as six men who dominate stay as six men. So a guy like Chris Bruchet to me, he's been awesome. He's averaging 14 and six in about 23 minutes a game. But the Raptors have a center issue. They lost Abaca. They lost Marcus Saul. You know, Aaron Baines is not really cutting it as a rim-protecting center who can also give them offense. So at some point, do they put Boucher in the starting lineup? Does that take him out of the race for six man? That's my question there. Uh, but for now, I'm picking him. I think he's been the best bench guy in the NBA this year. Really breakout star. Chris, he signed a two-year $14 million total deal. In the offseason. That's got to be one of the best deals in a while.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, unlike my pick, Stevie, I got... I picked Carmelo Anthony. And there's there's a whole backstory to Carmelo Anthony. You know, having him played so well in the playoffs for the Blazers, I thought he was going to be able to carry that this season on a more defined role coming off the bench. I thought, he's in a flourish here. What a great story. in, But... So far, it hasn't been the case. He's been a great contributor, but he's not—he's not in the sixth man discussion quite yet, or probably will be. I'm really impressed. I'm really impressed with um, Jordan Clarkson in Utah. He's averaging, you know, a little more than 17 points per game, and really providing offense to that group that desperately needs offense. You know, Utah is known for their defensive play, and you're certainly going to get that from you know, from Donovan Mitchell and the high efficiency baskets from Rudy Colbert. But Jordan Clarkson is an open, is a, is a welcome sight on that team. And, you know, we, we've known Jordan Jordan to play really well on that jazz team in the past, but he's really stepped it up this year and he's a reliable contributor for them. So if, if I think he right now is the front man for that spot.
0: Yeah. I mean, if we were saying who is the, Quarter season six man of the year, right now, not predicting who we think it's going to be. It's no question it's Clarkson. He's averaging, you know, as you said, like 17, 18 points a game, career high there, career high in shooting, 47.8%, career high, 39% from three. It's just the question I have with him going forward is he's always been the most streaky guy. And one of those cold streaks is coming, and then all of a sudden those numbers that look pretty good right now, how do they look? after you know two weeks of poor shooting, maybe that cold streak will never come. And if it doesn't, he probably wins the award, and you're correct. But mm-hmm. I'm always worried with him about that streak.
1: Yeah, no doubt. You know, no, he, he, he probably likely – it'll be tough for him to maintain it, especially when you consider the competition in the West. And right now the Jazz are on, what, a 10-game winning streak. We'll get into them in a little bit. But I think it all speaks to, you know – Part of why they're playing so well is also because of how well Clarkson has played. Uh, but really, that the whole that whole team is like built defensively. I often wonder how the hell they win games because you know even when they played against the Knicks, it seemed like how does this team even score on a regular basis? It's a really smart team. It's just sometimes I look at their offensive goals and think how the hell can this team even score past 100?
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a fair question right there. For most improve our next award, you and I both are now sharing a brain on this. We, uh, we had different picks to start the year. Both those picks don't look too bad right now. We'll get to that after. But Christian Wood has been an unbelievable story, oh, former G League yeah. guy. And right when it looks like he finds a home in Detroit – They just let him walk, and now he's better than ever. And I don't really understand their thought process here, especially when they brought in Jeremy Grant. We made fun of them for doing that. And Jeremy Grant looked great. He's probably number two right now in most improved. You could have had both these guys under contract pretty cheaply, Chris.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a huge – so it's a huge miss for Detroit, but who's to say that because they signed Jeremy, you know, Christian Wood would have flourished with him there in detroit but he's doing great in houston right now you know i think if there weren't so many talented forwards and players in the west you'd you'd consider Wood in the all-star conversation you know but who knows right like the rockets still have a chance to improve and be in the playoff discussion they still have a little more catching up to do but they're on a four-game winning streak i like what christian wood's doing he's rebounding the ball he's averaging what you know close to a double double around 18 points per game or something like that. And, you know, Christian Wood is just, like, lighting it up in terms of, you know, offensively, really providing a scoring punch and really, like, being a sort of like a go-to guy on that team, you know, in wake of James Harden leaving the team. Oh, being traded, he didn't leave the team willingly. Um, and, you know, I think part of all this is all, also speaks to um, their new coach, as. Uh, Stephen Steven Silas um and how he's really incorporated everyone in on the fly. Right? The roster has looked differently from the summer. And and even weeks before, um, you know, James Harden was traded and, and now they've had to regroup around Oladipo. Wall was out. And now they're on a four game winning streak. You know, that's a really encouraging thing to see. Um who knows? I think this team could probably make the playoffs if They continue this level of play.
0: You you convinced me before the show, and again right now, that Steven Silas right now is the coach of the year. I mean, the thought of the things he's done this year, he's had to, as you said, readjust on the fly. We have to build a team around James Harden. Actually, no, John Wall's here now. We have to build a team around Harden and Wall. Actually, Harden wants out. Actually, Wall's hurt. Actually, now Oladipo's here And then you also have Christian Wood having his breakout full season now. He's averaging 23-11 and on the season, Chris, 53% shooting. If, as you said, they can hover around 500 and make the playoffs, he's an all-star. I know it's the West, but he's got to make this team. And I think if they actually host an all-star game in Atlanta, I think you're going to have a couple of guys drop out. And I think that's how Woods gets on this team. Because normally it's, you know, what is it? It's eight reserve. It's, it's 12 guys. Normally is it 13, 12, 13 guys on an all-star team. And usually one guy, you know, drops out on each side. And then they add one more alternate that wasn't going to happen this year. If you're not going to have a game, right. Mm -hmm. But now it seems like they are going to have a game and those little slips can get in there. A guy like Christian Wood could sneak on this roster. He's very well-deserving. And we talk about, he's been through the G league. He's gone overseas. He's done all these crazy things. He's only 25, so his best basketball is still well ahead of him, and they got him on this great three-year, 41 million dollar deal. I can't express enough how smart that was, and how bad that was for Detroit.
1: Yeah, yeah and for all the flack that you know the Rockets get for for ownership, uh, their front office has done a really good job in adjusting on the fly and recup and in, in really um, looking. In the future, in post-James Harden life, you know, they they are a legitimate playoff team. You know, you have, what, two all-stars, I mean, two former all-stars, and then you potentially have a third one. And the other welcome the other welcome sight is seeing uh, Boogie Cousins play so well, too. You know, he's provided a scoring punch off the bench.
0: I thought he was done, Chris. So this is, we, it is nice. Steve,
1: Steve, we all thought he was done but you know as he said he really wanted to play with James Wall it's really cool to see them play together now and you know you, i don't know like this is, i think as far as wild card teams are concerned i think this team has to be up there like what are they like what's what's their peak are they a top 6 team are they you know a team that's just going to sneak into the playoffs like like right now, I think they're
0: more of a team that can sneak into the playoffs. I mean, I think you were about to say how great they've been defensively. I don't know if that's gonna last. I mean, right now it seems like a lot of teams are missing open shots against them. But as you said, Wall's playing great, Cousins is playing great. You know, if those two guys stay healthy, that go with Oladipo and Wood, that's not bad. That's a playoff team for sure. And after all the turmoil they've faced this year, and they don't have their pick. Keep that in mind too. This is not a let's just bottom out situation. If you told me they could make a playoffs after all this, I think they would be ecstatic.
1: <laughs> for sure. Um, so let's head over to the Rookie of the Year conversation. You know, it's funny because I I picked LaMelo Ball to be Rookie of the Year, I and I'm sticking with that choice. But I think Wiseman has looked great in, in, in his role in the Warriors. I mean, I know he, he was starting for most of it. He recently went to the bench, but he seems to be – really finding his place there. So I don't know. Do you, do you think, do you think unlike other rookie of the years in in years past, I think there's really no clear favorite. It's, it's one of those two, but I don't think any of them has run away with the conversation yet.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't think either one has run away with it. James Wiseman playing very good basketball right now, but he, now he's on the bench. How did that go? Uh, LaMelo ball has been coming off the bench all season long and basically, uh, LeVar Ball came out and basically shredded James Borrego, the head coach. And then James Borrego came back and shredded LaMelo Ball, saying we we can't start a guy who's, you know, not he's missing defensive lapses like he is and turning the ball over as much as he is. So it's kind of the rookie class we thought it was going to be to start the year, which is, you know, shrug emoji. Who knows what's going to happen with these guys? I think the most impressive guy so far has been Tyrese Halliburton. You know, he's been a godsend for the Kings who desperately need stability you start the year with you know uh i'm Brent, Bl- bagley's dad basically saying trade bagley hashtag team bagley and then you get this kid who does a little bit of everything our, our buddy Sebs came on the show a few months ago and basically said he this guy reminds me of malcolm brogdon and that's exactly what he looks like right now a stable point guard and am i or do we like him more because he wasn't a top three pick and that he was what he went 12th or 13th whatever the king at the 13th pick I don't know, but right now I'd probably go with him because I believe that he is the best
1: rookie. Yeah, I mean, even when he when the Kings played against the Knicks, what was it last week or this week? Yeah, it rookie. all seems like a, it all seems like it's a blur. blur. <laughs> he looked really impressive, and you know, the conversation the conversation was really about you know people like you know James Wiseman and Anthony Edwards and a mellow ball like when we heard of this rookie class, but you know, Halliburton kinda like his his draft his draft stock went down right before the draft and you know even the Knicks had a chance to get him. We're still figuring out what we're what we have in Obi Toppin. And you know, I I feel like a lot of teams are probably hitting themselves and realizing that Halliburton is a player who can fit in anything. And you know, even the Knicks could have used a guy like him. But you know, it's a moot point at this point. I'm really happy with the guy that we have in in Emmanuel Quickly. He's been really impressive. He's really streaky though, but you know, I think he's a welcome sight anytime you can see a rookie who handles pressure so well, shoots free throws at a high clip. You know, it the jury's still out, you know, who knows maybe these players improve before the year ends, but so far as you said a shrug emoji. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean Quickly has been a great find for the Knicks, especially as we said, this draft is not good. Like, so far, it's not been a very impressive draft. And you find this guy with the 25th pick, that's a pretty good find so far. He reminds me a lot of Lou Williams. He's got a lot of Lou Williams in his game. Even the pump fake, you know, to get the, the foul calls, you know, trying to go with floaters. I really like him. Again, it's a it's a draft that we're not really sure about. These guys did not get a, a training camp, as we've discussed. And you know what? You look through like last year's class, the 2019 class, and a lot of those guys have really taken nice steps forwards this year. Mm-hmm. Like Tyler Hero has. You look, you look at DeAndre Hunter in Atlanta. He's become a really good player. R.J. RJ Barrett. Barrett we've, we've talked about he's up his scoring. That the shooting has gotten slightly better. So I think it makes sense to give these guys a little bit of time and see how this this class looks. But as of now, it's it's Halliburton, it's Lamelo. It's Wiseman, and then everybody else has kind of been like, eh.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it really has been an eh rookie year for a lot of them. But it's still early. I mean, as we keep repeating, it's we we've just passed the quarter mark for many of the teams, it, and you know we also have to take in consideration there was no training camp, there was no summer league. There was virtually no preseason, so taking all that in consideration, you know, a lot. I don't even think that if they have poor years this year, I, it's it'd still be too early to say whether or not they can be contributors on an NBA squad or be stars. Um, but I will tell you who who is playing well and are playing like stars: the Utah Jazz. They've won ten in a row. They won't have Donovan Mitchell tonight. He has a concussion. But you know we know who the you know we know who the contenders are, right? It's teams like the Lakers, it's teams like maybe like Philly, um, and the Nets potentially. But are the Utah Jazz a contender? That's the the big question.
0: Unfortunately, I'm going to say no. I just don't really see this team as being able to stack up with the Lakers every year. It seems like there's some team that fights them for the one seed. And you get into the playoffs and they just get bounced in the second round quickly. Last year, the last couple of years, it's been Denver. Now it's Utah. And Utah's gotten a lot out of guys that we didn't expect. Mike Conley's having a bounce back year. You mentioned Clarkson. Gobert and Mitchell seem like they're they're men on a mission after being destroyed by Shaq the last couple of weeks. And the four of those guys are, are a really good young core for well not young with conley but it's a good core <laughs> for, for for utah and all of those guys are also locked up pretty much long term other than conley so i really like their future i think they're a team that can contend every year but contend for what contend for a finals appearance i'm not so sure contend for a western conference finals absolutely
1: And you know what? That's okay for a team like the Utah Jazz and when you have LeBron James in your conference, that is okay, you know. They definitely need some help with with offense, but you know, I think jazz, the Jazz really pride themselves in in how they handle themselves on like as a defensive unit and you know, they're clearly one of the best teams in that category. But how does a team like the Utah Jazz match up against like a team like the Nuggets or a team like the Lakers? I think it would probably still side with those two just because of what I've seen so far. But let's not forget the Jazz took the Nuggets to a Game Seven in the first round. So before I, would think I you
0: top four, fourth, fourth, five, the two LA teams in Denver.
1: That's fair. I mean, the Jazz, the Jazz could surprise us. I I I always leave the door open for that. You know, but you, you'd have to expect a little bit more out of Donovan Mitchell. I'm not going to be like Shaq and, and pretend that he could be a top top, top five, top ten player because I don't think he's there, and I and I think that he doesn't necessarily need to be that. Um, but the one thing O'Neal may be right on that he probably needs to be a top five player to get past LeBron James. Yes. I I, I just don't see it any other way.
0: I mean, so to me, they remind me a lot of the Toronto Raptors two years ago, where basically that was a really good team. We weren't sure if they were a title threat. And then all of a sudden, Kawhi hits the shot and then the Warriors get hurt and you win the title. And now that team is immortalized forever. And this Utah team could follow that same path. You need something to break your way and then you need some injury help and Is that crazy to think that can happen? No. And that's why I wouldn't say, okay, they're not a title contender, break them up. I wouldn't say that because if you continue to get cracks at the egg here, eventually something's going to break. Eventually something's going to go your way because they're a really good team and they're just one or two breaks away from being that championship team. I just don't see it the way things are currently constructed right now.
1: I'm with you. I'm with you and and they probably need to Pull another move somewhere. I don't know how, you know, they're really tied up with a lot of money going to Rudy Colbert and Donovan Mitchell. Uh, They're two pillars of that team. And I'm going to have a hot take, man. I think Rudy Colbert gets shitted on for not scoring enough, but what he brings defensively is such a huge part of that team and like how they influence other teams. Like, I saw it when they were playing the Knicks. Like, you know, as great as Donovan Mitchell is on the offensive end, Rudy, Rudy Gobert gives you a ton of that on the defensive end, and really anchors the defense in such a way that, like, it makes it really difficult for teams. Like, you know, Julius Randle was struggling hard, and he had, you know, he had been bullying a lot of other players beforehand. He just couldn't get his way in in, in Utah this this time around. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, his his issue for me has always been the teams that are running gun and they're shooting threes and threes are flying fast in the playoffs. mm -hmm. He can't really go out and guard those guys. And so he hasn't been able to stay on the floor in those key moments, mostly against the Houston Rockets. How does that change this time around? I'm not sure. I mean, the Lakers and Denver are not high-flying three-point shooting teams. So maybe the matchup is better. I mean, now you're facing an actual traditional big in Jokic and Davis. So I think the matchup for Utah, surprisingly, is actually better than it was, say, the last couple of years playing the Rockets and getting beat up like that. But we'll have to wait and see. A situation that is not nearly as promising as Utah, the Washington Wizards. They are 3-11 now, Chris. My Wizards, I bet them over 15 and a half. (laughs) I will keep bringing that up. Uh, they are one in eight this season when Westbrook plays and Beal is averaging 36 a game and it's a total disaster. And I want to know, can this be salvaged?
1: I don't think so, Steve. I think that Bradley Beal has put in his time in Washington. And I think that if he leaves, it won't be like the other situations where they, the exits have been, you know, disgruntled or, you know, gather hatred from fans. Like, the Washington team is a. Well, let's not kid ourselves. It's not going. It's not even if they make the playoffs. Realistically, what do we expect that team to become? It's. It'd be a first-round exit. It's not going to go any further than that. And and at the end of the day, Washington has had opportunities to improve the roster. And can we say that they've had? Sure, they have. Um, not enough, probably. You know, this team is always a bottom 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 feeder in terms of the east they haven't made they didn't make the playoffs um and granted the john wall situation didn't help things but the team the roster hasn't really improved drastically you know maybe bertons is their best get in in the last few years thomas bryant there's like hope there but now he has that he's out with an acl injury i think it's just better for everybody involved for him to, to move on you know trade yeah. into a team like like Denver, like you suggested before the show, and you should probably get into that. But I think his time in, in Washington should end, and, and you know, he shouldn't be persecuted for wanting to, you know, see the see if the grass is greener elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I totally agree, Chris. I mean, the concerning part for me is, you know, he's putting up these monster games, 45 points, 47 points, 43 points on high shooting and yet they're losing these games by double digits. Mm -hmm. And defensively, this is like the worst situation I've ever seen. If I'm the Wizards, I'm going to find a new coach this second and trying to just defense, defense, defense. Let Bradley Beal score. That's not the issue. But you can't be giving up 120 points a night. And I would try to give this a few more weeks and see if we can turn this thing around. But at the end of the day, as you said, what's kind of the point? If they do turn this thing around, they're getting bounced in the first round, for sure. And... He's a guy who's only under contract for this year and next year at $35 million. So your leverage to go get that good young fr- franchise player, a Tyler Hero, a Michael Porter Jr. from the Heat or Denver, can't last forever. Like if you wait till the summer, you're not probably getting one of those guys for one year of Bradley Beal. But instead, if you say you know three weeks from now, Bradley Beal's available, a team gets him for two playoff runs. So And he can fit anywhere. The way he shoots, the way he you know plays the game, I'm a little concerned with him defensively in a big series because anyone who's been in Washington in the last five years has not even tried to play any defense. But if I'm Washington, I don't think this could be salvaged. I think Miami makes a lot of sense. If you're Denver and you can put Beal with Murray and Jokic, I think that puts you as a title contender. That puts you ahead of Utah. That puts you that puts you right there with the Lakers, I would think. And that would be a great seven game series. I think you give that a shot.
1: Of course. And and you know, and I think the discussion we had right before the show was about if you have the opportunity to get a championship this year, you don't waste it. You go after it. And I think that Denver has a window of, you know, you know, luck you know, fortunately for them, Murray and and Jokic are still pretty young. But, you know, you have everyone together now. You don't have them forever. And I think that you should always try to make that effort. And, you know, and I and I think for a team like like Denver, you don't necessarily have to give up everything. You can just give up. Not just, but you give up a talented player like Michael Porter Jr., who's always injured. You give up a pick or two, and maybe another player uh, as a Get salary. Harris fill. to
0: make the salary work. Right. That would be the trade.
1: Um, Washington would probably be okay with that. You know, and yeah, yeah, I mean, I see that's I see that scenario happening, and I think the Nuggets should pull the trigger on that. But you know, Washington, it's a lottery team. They should play. They they are a lottery team. That should be the goal for them. Um, yeah, that's 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 my take on that situation.
0: I I totally agree there. And all of a sudden, I love Bradley Beal, and it's got to sting Washington to have this franchise player. Who wants to be there and you just can't do anything to make it work so unfortunately you got to make the move and if you can bring back a hero or a porter you bottom out this season and you bring in a top five lottery pick in this loaded draft with one of those guys that's not the worst foundation you're not the worst franchise in the nba mm-hmm. i'll get to who the f- worst franchise is in the nba in our final thoughts
1: wait but go ahead no no, no. but you're right though like you know Michael Porter Jr. comes to the wa- comes to Washington, you get Gary Harris, who's also young, and then you get a top pick in maybe, like, Cade Cunningham, and, you know, you figure out where you, what you'll do with the Russell Westbrook situation, but maybe... There's
0: nothing you could do. He's on the roster. You I don't think he's movable.
1: Away. Right, but it's, but...
0: it's crazy but... to think that the Knicks were, like, involved in this, and, like, we were saying, oh, like... I'll take him, but I'm not giving up a pick. If we had this Albatross contract, he's the worst player in the NBA this year so far. And he's yeah. owed a hundred plus million dollars the next couple of years.
1: <laughs> Which is wild. And I'm sort of relieved that we weren't involved in that. Um you know, it's unfortunate how how his career is gonna end. But he so oh, also the point I wanted to make about Russell is that it 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 seems um Kendrick Perkins was alluding to that he, he he's actually playing injured. Um, I believe it's torn labrum, and he he um, he aggravated it, and he's been playing he's been playing regardless of his injury, and that might be the reason why we're seeing the dip in the stats and his overall play, which has been poor. So Russell Westbrook needs to rest, needs to heal that injury, get surgery, do what you need to do. Uh, but he's such a competitor that he wants to be out there on the floor. It probably works out best for everybody for Beale to get in, for Beale not to get injured, for Beale to get traded, Westbrook to get surgery, um, and probably tank out for the NBA lottery. It's a I great lottery to any, tank in.
0: Yeah. I hadn't heard anything about Westbrook being hurt, but based on the, the 37% shooting, that doesn't surprise me. He's also leading the league in turnovers owed 41 million this year 44 million next year and then he's got a 47 million dollar player option the year after that that will be picked up so yeah if if getting his surgery and getting him right for next season or later on this season i don't know what the surgery is uh that would be the move priority one because the way he's playing he's not helping anyone so unfortunately it's the way you got to go you got to bottom out this is the perfect team to blow it up we'll have to wait and see how it goes with russell westbrook and the wizards let's get to our final thoughts right after this okay chris final thoughts time my teasers before the worst situation in the nba and that is going to be the minnesota timberwolves chris have
1: you seen the did i just did i just hear you say the minnesota timberwolves and not the knicks
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves now, and I'll tell you why. It's a trade sure. the Knicks wanted to make, the trade we wanted the Knicks to make, trading for D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell has been very, very bad this year. Of all players who have played, he leads the league in the worst plus-minus. So when he's on the court, he's the, they're the worst starting five when he's on the court this season of any team. And it's a very, very small sample size. I would not bet on him to lead that, you know, stat all season long. But they get D'Angelo Russell. They trade their first-round pick this year. By the way, they're awful. And they're going to lose that pick to Golden State. And because of that, they said, we can't really take Lamelo Ball because we already have a point guard. And they take Anthony Edwards. And Anthony Edwards is having the worst shooting start a number one pick has probably ever had. So he's crazy athletic. Things could work out there, but right now, that decision to get Russell has been a domino effect of just badness for Minnesota.
1: And it doesn't seem like it's going to get better anytime soon. And even with Cat, you know, that team you know plays no defense, essentially. Um, That's and another
0: issue. We didn't even get to that. They don't play any defense.
1: They don't play any defense, and it's going to be another year where the Timberwolves will have to reassess. Like, they— those parts aren't working and you know soon you're going to have to make a decision about Carl Anthony Towns do you trade him do you i don't know i don't know what, for for me Carl Anthony Towns is such a wild no, he's not a wild card you know what you're getting with him he has star obviously he's a star in the league but you know on some level like you haven't really you haven't made the playoffs without Jimmy Butler so what are you really in this league you know, They're, are the, you worst what, are They're you, the
0: worst franchise in the NBA right now. That's what they are.
1: But you know what? At least the move was made for the team to improve, and it was made a move to appease Towns. But can we really say that Towns is a player that you want to build around? They took him
0: number one. He puts up the, the numbers. He's got the max contract. That's the plan. Whether that's a smart idea or not, we don't know. But right now, you've got to figure out what who's a keeper, who's not. And Towns is a guy who's on a long term max deal who you have to figure out if he's your franchise guy. And now you have Russell who's also on your a max deal.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: you know, Edwards is the number one pick. He's making, you know, ten plus million dollars a year. You don't have any money to spend. You don't have a draft pick coming up. And I don't really see where the light at the end of the tunnel is
1: for this. Trust me, I don't see it either. And the weather there probably doesn't help. <laughs>
0: Right. No, that definitely does not help. I always say you got to be able to sell your owner and your fans two things, winning or hope. And I don't really see either from Minnesota right now. One team I do think that does have a lot of hope right now, how about the Cavs? Colin Sexton is looking like a real all-star. He had that showdown with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving the other night in, uh, in Cleveland against the Nets. They winded up beating the Nets two games in a row. He's really good.
1: I really like Colin Sexton, mostly because he's a very gritty player. seems like a fear, he's a fierce competitor. Um, as a Knicks fan, we've seen the Cavs a lot in the last two months. I feel like what they've played, I want to say...
0: We're seeing them Friday six, night as well. So we'll it'll be, but,
1: but it'll be already three times this regular season. I'm going to say it was two games...
0: It was two in the preseason.
1: In the preseason, that's insane, dude. And then, wow. So tonight would be the fourth or the third? Third, right? I think this night is the third. Oh wow! That's still a that's lot. Of, that's still a lot of games. That's a lo- too much. But anyway, it's it's been cool to see the Cleveland Cavaliers because it's it's also a very young group mixed with some vets that want to be there, <laughs> like Larry Nance. He's, yeah, like
0: no, it's it's a strange situation because it's not a group that you would say this fits. Like, you have two undersized point guards in Garland and Sexton. You have Nance. Sexton. You have Nance. You have Drummond. You have Allen. All of them are just big men who really can't shoot long range. Maybe Nance can to a degree, but, like, they're not all guys who should fit together. You also have JaVale McGee running down. I saw him do, like, a coast-to-coast. He just took the ball and just ran it himself the other day. And yeah. then also you have Kevin Love making thirty plus million, not playing right now, and yet at the same time it's working.
1: Yeah, I mean Colin Sexton, I think he should definitely get consideration for the All Star, uh, especially after beating the Nets the way they beat them. Hopefully he gets the enough attention though. Um, although can we can we name twelve? How many, how many All Stars is it? Is it fifteen this
0: year? I th- I asked you that before the, during the show, but I think it's t- it's always been twelve or thirteen east, twelve or thirteen west. Okay. I don't remember the. Ex- I think it's I think it might be twelve.
1: You're and right. So I think it. We'll I think out. it is. I think it is twelve. Um, would he be the twelfth best player? I'm thinking. Okay, so KD KD Kyrie, probably James Harden. You put in, Bam. You Brown. Put in, you put in Brown, probably Tatum. You're going to have to put Gordon Hayward?
0: Gordon Hayward.
1: Uh, uh, Sabonis. Brogdon. You think so?
0: Brogdon is unbelievable. He definitely deserves that all star. All
1: right, Brogdon. Giannis
0: Middleton. Trey Young,
1: Giannis Middleton. Yeah.
0: So it's going to be tough, but right now he's shooting 51.7% from the floor. You know, 47% from three. If those numbers stick, which I don't see how they do, um, he's an all-star for sure. And they'll find a way to get him on that roster. But that's going to do it for us here on the All Hoops Podcast. Chris, I thank you so much.
1: Thank Great you, show, buddy. As
0: always, let us uh, our award picks go better this time around than they had for the preseason for sure. And we will be back soon.
1: Yeah, buddy. Take care, everyone. What you know best? What you know best? What you know best?